Hello, my friends. Welcome back, or welcome if you're new. This is Black Magic, a podcast where I pull a tarot card and I talk about it. I'm Sarah Black. I'm an extremely powerful witch. Please tell all of your friends. They can listen to me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or they can sign up for my newsletter at sarahblack.substack.com. The weather today here in Montreal has been really wacky. We keep getting these like sudden, very intense thunderstorms, and then it'll clear up and be sunny and then thunderstorm again. So if you hear some rumbling in the background, it is thunder. It is not my stomach. And it's also August 30th, which feels bonkers. I feel like the summer has gone by so quickly, and I'm very unprepared to transition into fall. I am definitely like a summer girly. I love summertime and sunshine and going to the beach and hot weather and wearing a lot of linen. <laughs> but I do love fall as well. And I think that the only reason that I feel any kind of dread when fall rolls around is because it's a precursor to winter, which I just hate so much that I think about it all year long. <laughs> Basically, I'm either recovering from winter or I'm dreading its arrival. And that's it. Those are my two moods. I think that there's something about this time of year, this like end of August, early September, that it's almost like ingrained in my nervous system that I feel this kind of anticipation every year at this time from the many years that I spent in school. Just that, you know, early fall, late summer, early fall anticipation of the new school year and getting new school supplies and clothes and thinking about who you were going to meet and everything that was going to happen over the course of the new school year. I still kind of get that feeling of, of giddiness, I guess. And then, of course, there's Halloween to look forward to. You will not be surprised if you don't know me <laughs> well. Um, you will not be surprised to learn that I love Halloween. I've always loved Halloween. It's always been my very favorite holiday. I do feel like the last few years, maybe because of the pandemic, my love for Halloween has decreased a little bit. I don't know if it, well, I don't know if it's decreased, but I don't feel as excited about Halloween as I used to. Like I used to be very thrilled with, you know, thinking up a costume and creating it and finding like a great party to go to. And, you know, maybe it's because of the pandemic really limiting my options in that regard. I haven't felt as excited about the prospect of Halloween. I've found different little ways to celebrate, of course, like watching scary movies with friends, with my social bubble, but it doesn't really have the same impact that getting dressed up and looking forward to a really great party can have. But I feel like maybe this year might be the year to bring that back. I don't know. Maybe I'll find a, a very fancy costume party to inspire myself to put on a, some kind of costume. I don't know what it would be, but I'll keep you guys posted. <laughs> 
So Halloween, I'm I'm talking about Halloween and kind of that back to school era for a reason. Aside from it just being that time of year, the card that I've pulled for this week is the Six of Cups. And the Six of Cups is associated with childhood memories and nostalgia. So it's very relevant right now. And I think it's really interesting, too, because this card can also represent people from your past popping up again. And it is the perfect time of year for that right now because we astrologically, if you don't know, are in a Venus and Mercury retrograde. And both of those things kind of make communications from past friends or lovers or you know, just people who were maybe significant to us at one time in our life and might not be in it anymore. Hearing from them is quite common when it comes to these retrogrades, especially because Venus is the planet of love and relationships and Mercury is the planet of communication. So it just kind of makes sense. And it's been Venus retrograde for like a month at least, maybe even longer, maybe a month and a half. And the and Mercury just went retrograde more recently, I think last weekend. So when I pulled the card for this episode, when I pulled the Six of Cups and I read that people from your past might reach out, I wasn't really surprised. I thought kind of like, okay, that makes sense. Like it's that time of year for it. But then, like, almost immediately, I got two different text messages from two different people who I don't really talk with as much anymore. And then I had some social media, like, notifications from a couple of other people who are not really currently active in my life. So I was a bit, like, shocked by the immediacy of, like, oh, okay, I'm going to hear from people, I guess, like, right now. (laughs) It's just funny to me how this deck sometimes, like, I always talk about, like, tarot being a tool for self-reflection. It's not meant to fortune tell or, like, divine the future for you in any way, but I don't know how many times I've done readings for myself, for other people, where the cards have sent a message and like almost immediately afterwards, like that messages come to fruition. Just kind of a little bit spooky. (laughs) So let's talk about the imagery for the Wild Unknown and Waitsmith cards. And then we'll kind of get into this theme of nostalgia and how we can apply it to daily lives for this upcoming couple of weeks as we transition into fall. So the wild unknown, we have a tree, a solitary tree standing in a field, and it's in front of this background of lines, just like stable lines. It has this like feeling of consistency, of like stability, and then underground we have an eruption of this like snarled tangled web of roots solidifying the tree in the ground it almost looks like fireworks because the roots are really colorful they have like green and blue and yellow 
And on either side of the card, on the edges surrounding the tree, are these six cups, three on each side. For the Waite Smith card, we have a really different image. We see these two children who there is a, I'm assuming, older child because they're a little bit taller. They're handing a vase or a like a cup of flowers to a younger child. And then they are standing next to a pedestal that has a second cup of flowers. And then in the foreground of the card, there are four more cups of the same kind of like white star-shaped flowers. And it looks like they're standing in a village or a courtyard of some kind. And then in the distance, in the background, we see the back of, I think it must be an adult turned away from this scene the they look like they might be a guard of some kind just because they're holding they're holding what looks like to be a staff it's a bit hard to tell the the drawing is quite simple so but that's kind of the impression that i get and this card has a vibe of like generosity with this this one child giving a cup of flowers to the younger child. There's abundance there too because there are many cups of these flowers and there's an innocence about it. Just this child sharing in the wealth of flowers that they have because there's just so much to be shared. So there's no reason to be withholding or greedy. So we have a lot of imagery here. We have a lot of context to give us clues on how to interpret this card. I'm going to focus on the wild unknown because I feel a bit more drawn to this. I I love this kind of, it looks very balanced because even though the top part of the tree that we can see seems very stable and clean with those clean lines in the background, we have this kind of like feeling of calm serenity almost but underground we have this like riot of roots and colors that are similar in size and shape to the tree above and there's no lines on this bottom half of the card where the roots are it's just free space the roots can kind of grow in whatever direction that they want to and they have been like it's just a it's just very messy but even though it looks really chaotic, there's a beauty to these roots too that the colors give it. Like it's a, there's a lot of almost joy to it that I that I feel like I feel in this card. And because there's such a sense of balance to this card, with the height and the solidity of the tree at the top of the card being matched by the spread of the roots underground, you feel this like real solid certainty about this tree. Like it's not going anywhere and no strong gust of wind is knocking this tree down. And even though all we can see is the part of the tree that's above ground, it's only thanks to those deeply entrenched like tangles of roots that the tree is able to have that stability. For us as people, I guess our roots would be the personal histories that we come from, the events and circumstances 
which shaped us into who we are today, the people that we met who influenced who we have become. And I think that it can be really beneficial for us to revisit the past and have indulge ourselves in a little bit of that nostalgia so that we can, first of all, see how far we've come. Like, I don't know how often you guys do this, but I love to think about little Sarah, little 12-year-old Sarah, and think about what she would think of me current day. I feel like she'd be pretty proud. <laughs> like, I feel like if I was able to time travel and talk to my 12-year-old self and tell her, like, hey, you are an extremely powerful witch <laughs> living in Montreal in a cute little apartment all on your own. You're an independent woman. I think she'd be really impressed. She probably would be upset to learn that we are not married to Keanu Reeves as hoped, but you know what? There's still time. <laughs> so I think like it can be really beneficial to indulge in that nostalgia to feel good about ourselves and all of the progress that we've made, or alternatively to get us back on track if we feel like we're not in a place that we want to be in or that our little inner child might not approve of. <laughs> I think it can be pretty easy to get off of our path and feel lost in life when we are striving towards goals that don't align with our true selves and what we really want out of life, especially in a capitalist society that just wants you to be a brainless cog and not ask questions and just put your head down and do your work and collect your check and pay your rent and never really think about what kind of life you could have beyond that if you broke free from the system. <laughs> and I think that that can leave a lot of us feeling very lost and, and shallow and or empty. And a way to get back on the path, I think, is to revisit what you were passionate about and what you were interested in as a child. Yes, people grow and change as they discover new things, but I also think that there's a lot to be said for revisiting the interests that you had as a teenager and how closely they often align with what passions you have in your heart. Sorry to be so fucking earnest, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, when I was a teenager... I wanted to be a witch, <laughs> like truly, would go out into the woods with my friends with our little printed out sheets of spells that we had found on the internet as our grimoire and calling the corners and getting all freaked out when a gust of wind blew the leaves and the trees above us and feeling like we were so powerful. Like that was the kind of shit that I lived for as a kid and I loved writing. I loved acting. I loved being creative and artistic. And all of those things are still what I love the most. <laughs> Something else that I loved was 
hunting for and finding new music and putting together mix CDs and playlists and sharing those with my friends. I feel like that was something that I spent like hours of my teen years and, you know, my early 20s doing. And with the rise of streaming and, you know, algorithmically curated playlists, I don't do that so much anymore for friends because they all listen to their own music and have their own playlists that are curated for them. And recently with the paid readers for the Substack, I've been putting together media playlists for each of the podcast episodes, including this one, which I will be sending out after I publish this episode, that are all like themed on the tarot card that I'm talking about. And it's been really fun. It's been fun revisiting this like, you know, curation process of like putting together a playlist and sending it out to people and I have really enjoyed kind of revisiting this passion that I had, you know, years ago. It's also kind of funny because I feel like listening to my inner child and being nostalgic is also inspiring me to do new things. Like, for example, I have anxiety sometimes about leaving the house (laughs) and doing new things. I think it's something that was very exacerbated by the pandemic, but I feel like I had that before as well. I sometimes just get like really anxious about, so like last night, for example, I had tickets to see a showing of Twin Peaks Firewalk with me at the Cinematheque here in Montreal. And I found myself feeling very anxious about going to it all day, mostly because it is in a part of town that I've never been. And I get really nervous about taking the metro to neighborhoods that I haven't really explored yet and I'm not familiar with, especially if there is like the metro station I'm, I haven't been to. I don't know the layout. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like I feel like I'm going to get lost in the depths of the metro forever for some reason. I don't know what it is. But I almost didn't go, and I was making excuses for myself. I didn't have anybody to go with, which when I bought the ticket, I was like, that's fine. Like, I've been to the movies by myself before, and it's not a big deal. But I just found myself feeling kind of anxious about it all day and almost didn't go, was telling myself, like, Sarah, you're recording this podcast today, and you haven't finished, and you really need to publish this week, and you probably shouldn't go to that movie because you should just stay home and and work on that podcast episode and make sure that it gets finished. And I thought about inner child Sarah and like what she would have to say about that and realized that she would be like, don't be stupid. <laughs> like go to the movie. You can come home and work on the podcast after. And also, you're the only one putting pressure on yourself to finish that episode this week. It's fine. Go and live your life. And you know what? I went, and at first I was a bit apprehensive because the theater was a lot smaller than I thought it would be and it was packed with people and I had to sit next to a stranger after, you know, weaseling my way into a middle row because there were no seats left. But I absolutely loved the experience of seeing a movie that I love on a big screen for the first time ever. 
And I'm so grateful that I listened to inner child Sarah instead of anxious current day Sarah. And I've been doing that a lot lately, just thinking about like, I, I want to be the kind of person that 12-year-old Sarah would be proud of and do the things that she would encourage me to do. And it's about more than just leaving the house when I don't want to leave it. I've been a lot more active lately. And that is a has a lot to do with just knowing that 12-year-old me would want to feel healthy and feel capable of like living a active, busy life. And I can't do that if I don't get out of bed five days out of the week. So I've been rediscovering my joie de vivre <laughs> thanks to being nostalgic and and making sure that the life that I'm living today is aligned with the life that I would have dreamed for myself when I was young. And just as much as revisiting our personal histories can remind us of the things that we love to do to rediscover passions and interests that we might have forgotten about, I think it's also important to look at habits and behaviors that we learned as kids and decide if they no longer serve us and if we want to change or outgrow whatever it is. A lot of the patterns and coping habits that we develop as kids are things that we have inherited from our parents who inherited from their parents and we didn't really have a lot of control over that but the older that we get the more power we have in looking inward and reflecting on ourselves and our ways of being and you know i think that we can change if we want to once we kind of expose those unwanted behaviors and learn how to overcome them or how to shift the way that we react to things in a more beneficial and thoughtful and compassionate manner. And inevitably, when we are exploring those root systems and thinking about how our behaviors or our coping habits have impacted people from our past, we might sometimes think like, hey, I wonder what that person is up to. And so maybe that's why we're in a season of people from the past reaching out and we're getting text messages or DMs from people that we might not have heard from in a while. It's possible that that is bringing up complicated, scary feelings depending on the nature of the relationship with that person and how things ended or what fraught state the relationship is currently in. It's all circumstantial, all dependent on each person and each relationship, but I think what I've been thinking about these past few weeks and days in particular as I've been researching this card and thinking about nostalgia and thinking about connecting with people from the past and how that makes me feel, I think maybe it's a generational thing, but I feel like 
millennials and Gen Z can be a little bit too quick to write people off when we feel like we've been hurt. And that's not to say that our feelings are not valid, but I do think that there can be this assumption at times that another person's actions are personal to us. And I think that can sometimes be true, but I think there's also something to be said for you not being the main character of someone else's life and not everything that they do or don't do is personal to you. Their actions don't always have to be about impacting you specifically. Sometimes people just behave in ways that are fucked up because people are fucked up. And there is so much more to people than what we see on the surface. We only see the tree. We don't see the roots. And while I do think that it is sometimes essential to cut people off in terms of having access to you, like when somebody is a toxic person and they have intentionally brought harm to you repeatedly, I think that you're fully justified in ignoring that text if it comes your way, especially if you are still vulnerable to that person's influence. Like if they, if you know that if they were to come back into your life and were to repeat the same pattern that they did before that brought you harm, then like no contact, ghost their ass, block them. Absolutely. Like you have to protect yourself and honor your own boundaries first before anyone else's. But those are not the kind of people that I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about like people who you used to be friends with and then a fight happened or they just like got a new job and you stopped talking to each other or there was like a bit of a falling out but it was nothing specific and the vibes got weird. Like those kind of things where it doesn't really harm you to give that person a chance to kind of reconnect with you and see if they've changed, if they've evolved like you have. And I think that it doesn't do any harm in those cases to just be curious about people and give them kindness. And it can also be really validating to have that connection with people from a past version of your life. It can kind of show you like, God, I've come so far and it's crazy how life took us in such different directions. And I think of this person now with kindness and I don't know. I just feel like you don't do yourself any favors holding grudges against people from the past. And allowing that brief reconnection it doesn't necessarily have to lead to anything more profound than a simple like catch up i don't know i think it can be really it can just feel really wholesome to like hear from somebody from the past and have a little bit of a a reconnection with them or again maybe not it really depends on the person i think there's also something to be considered where 
sometimes a person will reach out and the universe is like testing if you've learned your lesson, (laughs) if you've been burnt enough by that person and if you're going to continue letting them have access to you. Because I guess at some point you have to draw a line. There has to be a limit to the number of chances that you give someone and you have to really ignore that people have their unseen, complicated personal histories that make them act the way that they do and just think about the impact that they have on you, the person that they continue to show you that they are and that they seem to be unable to evolve from and think about how that person would interact with your inner child and how I feel like you probably get like a protective instinct over your past self. And you should have that instinct for your current and your future self too. So sometimes it's better to respond to the text with a very firm but kind thank you, but no thank you, best of luck, warmest regards, and just move on with your life. Maybe block them. I don't know. There's no perfect solution. It's just this perpetual balancing act of letting people in and being kind and considerate and open-hearted with them at turns, and then also setting clear boundaries for yourself and protecting those. And you're always going to fuck up. (laughs) You're going to make mistakes, and that's okay. We can forgive ourselves for that. And I don't know, people are just very messy, and I don't think that there's one clear-cut solution that can apply to every person. So I guess always having that in mind is a good way to approach situations like this. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'm going to wrap it up now. I thought that this episode was going to be a short one, and I've really rambled on. So (laughs) if you're still here and you're still listening, I love and cherish you for people who are paying subscribers to the Substack. I'm going to send out a separate post with the playlists. Um, If you're not subscribed, if you're not a paying subscriber to the Substack, you can always go to sarahblack.substack.com if you're already subscribed and upgrade. If you are not subscribed, you can also do that for free. I do release some free content for everyone at times, so it's a little bit of a extra if you typically only listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And yeah, they're really I've been having a, a lot of fun making them. This one's really fun cuz I think I mentioned it's very 90s themed. It's nostalgia from my childhood and I know I'm a little bit older. So <laughs> maybe you might hear some new music or see a new movie that you haven't seen before. I hope that you find a lot of joy in discovering new content to consume. And yeah, I hope you have a magical rest of your summer and I'll see you again soon. Love you. Bye.